This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. The BFM Breakfast Grill, connecting you to the top people and ideas. Powered by U-Mobile. 5G makes business sense. BFM 89.9. Good morning, I'm Keith Kam. Today is German Unity Day, marking 33 years since October 3rd in 1990, when the 11 West German states formally reunited with the five communist East German ones. This was the first time since the end of the Second World War in 1945 that there was a single German state again. In the studio this morning is Germany's ambassador to Malaysia, His Excellency Dr. Peter Blomeyer. Eure Excellenz, guten Morgen und willkommen bei BFM. Salamat <laughs> pagi. And uh, happy Unity Day to, to you guys as well. Thank you. Um, doctor, preparing for this show, I chatted with some friends in Germany. The impression that uh, I got was that patriotism in your country is much, much more reserved, um, not as in your face as, say, in the US or France or even Malaysia, you know, with all the flag waving and patriotic song singing. I, I guess I want to start with what uh, German Unity Day means to you? Um, I know it is celebrated as German National Day, but what is it at its core? Actually, for us, it is a day of joy. We, our country had been divided for 40 years, from uh, 49 to 89. Uh, and then in a peaceful revolution, uh, the people in East Germany managed to overcome uh, the Berlin Wall uh, and uh, to dismantle the death stripe between uh, our uh, two parts of our country. Mm -hmm. So um, that was uh, a single moment of joy, and we celebrate that. And yes, um, our patriotism is uh, somewhat more reserved. Uh, I think that is uh, because in our history we have learned what damage it can uh, bring if uh, you have an uh, accelerated nationalism. So I think um, every country is uh, well advised actually uh, to also see its position in the world and its relations to others and uh, its obligation to live in peace uh, uh, with others. Because these friends are, I, I chatted with they, they are from um, they, they're from Stuttgart and uh, they basically told me that the reason for this is that um, over, overtly overtly being patriotic uh, tends to resonate with the Nazi regime and and, and uh, Adolf Hitler's propaganda is there some truth to this well I think that is the lesson learned from um, uh, from history uh, we have seen uh, how far um, uh, patriotism can lead into uh, disaster uh, if it is exaggerated. Um, and uh, therefore, of course, uh, we are also proud of our country and uh, we also um, uh, hail to Germany and, and to our flag. Uh, but we um, do not want uh, to exaggerate it in a way uh, that we um, diminish uh, the significance um, and importance of other countries. Now, let's take stock about the past 33 years. I mean, hope was high when the Berlin Wall came down and then, uh, you know, there was much that, that have changed. Germany is, for all intents and purposes, politically unified. Uh, dividing lines still remain. Uh, you were born in, in Bremen, Dr. Blomeyer. Uh, that's West Germany at that time. What do you make of the reunification? Um, has it actually been fully realized in, in people's minds across the country, all, across all 16 states? Uh, well, we have um, uh, torn down the wall in 1989, um, and that was a physical wall. Yeah. But then we uh, sort of discovered that there was also 
uh, a wall in the brain of the people. Um, thinking of uh, oneself as Western or uh, as Eastern German and uh, with a whole um, uh, different history uh, of uh, the past uh, 40 years. And um, it was, of course, also uh, difficult to overcome uh, economic differences between uh, both Germanys. So actually, uh, I think it is a challenge uh, to create unity. And it is a challenge uh, which uh, remains, which uh, uh, each uh, generation uh, is, um, uh, is challenged uh, to create unity. And I think that is not only true for Germany. There it is very visible because we were divided. But it is also true for other countries. Uh, unity is a very precious good uh, which each generation has to achieve on its own again. But uh, you talked about uh, the difference in, in economics as well. Um, I think the data from Bundesbank shows that the average uh, household wealth in Western Germany is, is about uh, 128 thousand euros for the east is just about a third of that that's really a huge chasm i mean what efforts are being done to ensure prosperity is equitably distributed amongst um, all german nationals uh, first of all i would like to doubt these figures it is not what what um, uh, i oh, know I of uh, but um, I, I think that uh, indeed uh, until now um, uh, equal um, uh, well-being has not been achieved be uh, between uh, both parts, uh, but um, there was a, a very considerable um, approximation of uh, uh, both sides. And uh, you can also state that the infrastructure mm. in East Germany now uh, often is better than in, in West Germany uh, because it has been uh, renewed. And um, uh, there are some, some uh, poor parts in um, East Germany, but you also find them in West Germany. So I think that uh, the differences between both parts of our countries have been diminished uh, considerably during the past uh, 33 years. Do you get a sense of maybe some dissatisfaction amongst uh, West Germans who feel that they may have to fund their uh, less prosperous uh, East German cousins? Uh, well, I think this has been a topic for some time, uh, but um, it has uh, over time also uh, died down. Uh, because, as I said, we also have um, uh, poorer parts in, uh, in West Germany, and we have a mechanism uh, between our federal states uh, to uh, sort of uh, compensate um, uh, for um, the, the poorer parts uh, of, uh, of the country. And uh, this money goes also to... Um, uh, to poorer uh, uh, states. For instance, I come from Bremen, and Bremen is also subsidized by other federal states. Right. And uh, there is a discussion then, be why is uh, Bremen uh, being subsidized? And Bremen says uh, the rich people live outside Bremen in, in lower Saxony and pay taxes there while they earn their money in, in Bremen. So th there are many aspects to it which, um, uh, which uh, bring about this, uh, this result. Uh, but overall, I can say uh, that differences between uh, our um, uh, regions uh, have diminished over time. Germany is currently governed by the traffic light coalition, the red SDP, the yellow FDP and the Green Party. There is, of course, some stumbling blocks when it comes to policies on, on taxation, which I've been reading so far. How do you see this affecting um, you know, the narrowing of the wealth gap? 
Well, I think that uh, in Germany um, uh, we have as uh, everywhere a discussion on uh, how uh, the taxation system can contribute uh, to uh, narrowing, narrowing uh, the wealth gap. Uh, there are, um, uh, for instance, now discussions on uh, how to um, uh, how to put families, how to support uh, families. Um, and uh, I think that uh, efforts are being made um, to to contribute to this uh, to this task. Um, uh, but of course, this is a, a, a matter of um, discussion in politics. Um, in terms of democracy, uh, the data that I got from Deutsche Welle is that uh, only 39% of people in Eastern Germany are satisfied with uh, democracy and how it's worked for them. In Western states, about 20 points more, 59%. This suggests not only a clear economic chasm, but one of politics as well. What is being done to narrow this divide? Because, you know, I guess unification must trickle down to, to everyone, right? Well, uh, we live in difficult times. Um, we uh, have to shoulder and uh, several challenges now, um, and uh, this is uh, we have to overcome um, the pandemic. Uh, we we have to um, uh, also to, uh, to to fight with um, uh, the consequences of the war of uh, Russia against uh, Ukraine, uh, inflation. Mm -hmm. Uh, high costs of energy. We had to substitute all the gas and coal uh, and and oil from uh, from Russia, uh, and of course uh, that ha this had uh, uh, was being felt um, in, in the wallets uh, of the citizens, uh, and uh, this uh, leads to discontent. That is uh, that is true. Uh, but on the other side, you have to uh, also to acknowledge that the government has managed uh, to uh, liberate itself from um, dependency on on Russia. Russian uh, uh, oil and. Uh, gas and um, at the same time we also c uh, have to cope uh, with the necessity of um, the energy transition this is also a, a, a point of discussion in Germany and sometimes uh, people have the feeling it's just too much energy transition uh, war against Ukraine pandemic uh, so so uh, so much comes together and um, uh, so so we uh, actually live uh, through a rather difficult time, but I'm sure that uh, at the the end uh, we will get out even stronger than before. And and on that note, I mean, the Russian invasion of Ukraine, um, it's about 19 months ago, it's already divided the world into to east and west. Uh, and, and obviously the German nation has some ties to, to the Soviet Union, at least the, the former East Germany. I, I was wondering, how has German unity held up in, in these times? Do, do we see... Well, well, first of all, I would not say that this war has divided the world in East and West. I think Russia is pretty isolated in this uh, world. It's, uh, it has waged a war of aggression um, against uh, a peaceful uh, neighbor state and uh, it has uh, that is a flagrant breach uh, of the UN Charter. Russia has a special responsibility for maintaining peace in the world as a permanent member of the uh, Security Council of the United Nations. Uh, so I uh, and an overwhelming majority of 141 states in the General Assembly have uh, uh, condemned this uh, this invasion of Russia. So I think it's not a division in in East and uh, or West, uh, but it is uh, Russia is very isolated there. Of course, in Germany we have people. 
who are close to Russia, uh, also in, in uh, East Germany, uh, and who feel bad that we are now in a confrontation uh, with Russia. I personally also feel bad about it. I have served two years in Russia and I have yeah. made many Russian friends. And uh, I, I also am convinced that many people in Russia uh, are uh, also against this war, but they cannot speak up freely because it, uh, Putin has created a cruel dictatorship there. Whoever s uh, says anything against his uh, regime goes to prison. Uh, so I think that um, uh, indeed um, uh, we um, we can deplore uh, that this happened and and also um, uh, feel bad for uh, for our Russian friends uh, within this system. We have in Germany, we have um, quite a few Russian journalists uh, who um, uh, who also write about uh, the mood uh, uh, in Russia, mm -hmm. and it is very depressive. Uh, Germany has turned into uh, one of Ukraine's most important military and financial backers after the US. I was wondering, what was the consensus amongst your, your countrymen with regards to this, uh, as Chancellor Olaf Scholz terms it, the Seiton vendor? Uh, how has history shaped public debate about the future of Germany's security policy going forward? Well, I think it was a wake-up call for Germany, and uh, most people uh, also uh, recognized that. Uh, we, um, we had the Zeitenwende, uh, uh, now uh, security, national security has become a very important um, uh, issue for Germany. Our government recently has issued our uh, first national security um, uh, strategy uh, in, in which we, um, uh, we want to become uh, robust and uh, resilient and sustainable uh, country. Uh, so I think that was also a, a change in the mindset of Germans. In the studio this morning is His Excellency, the German Ambassador to Malaysia, Dr. Peter Blomeyer. On the other side of the break, we will be talking about Germany's approach to China and our region. BFM 89.9. You are listening to The Breakfast Grill, brought to you by U-Mobile. 5G makes business sense. BFM 89.9, welcome back. This is The Breakfast Grill and we have with us His Excellency Dr. Peter Blomeyer, the German ambassador to Malaysia this morning. Dr. Dr. Blomeyer, uh, in July, Germany passed its first ever China strategy, acknowledging that China has changed significantly under President Xi Jinping and is now a major challenge to German interests. Uh, Berlin's approach to China has always been strongly driven by business interests. How is this strategy different this time? Well, uh, it is uh, not uh, all different from before. Uh, we have also a European-China uh, strategy, and uh, we consider um, China differentiated. Um, we consider it a, a, as a partner. It is a partner, especially in global issues uh, like climate change, fight against climate change and climate mitigation. Um, also in migration uh, issues, uh, preserving of the uh, biodiversity. But it is also a competitor, uh, uh, economy-wise. It is a strong competitor, and there uh, we we have to uh, see that um, the uh, um, a level um, playing field is being preserved, and that is a concern for us. And uh, we see China as a, uh, a, a systemic uh, rival. Uh, it has a very different uh, attitude uh, towards uh, democracy, towards human rights, right. uh, than we have, uh, and it has a certain disrespect for. Uh, international rules. Um, uh, it does not respect, um, for instance, uh, UNCLOS. Um, and uh, of course, uh, we have to accentuate this. And if you ask me if there is a change, I would say that um, the uh, systemic rivalry has increased 
and the partnership has decreased. That is not what we wish, but it is something which we observe and which is caused by Chinese behavior. Can we focus on the uh, partnership that, 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 that you talked about just now? I mean, what, what sort of synergies do you see uh, working with China in terms of climate change issues, protecting the environment and all that? Well, um, we have a common responsibility to save our planet. Um, that, uh, the, the, um, we, we will have the uh, COP28 meeting mm -hmm. in uh, Dubai coming up. Uh, last time in uh, COP27, for instance, uh, we have created a loss and damage fund, uh, in, which was, was initiated actually by the European Union. And we would like China also to contribute uh, to this fund. Um, uh, I think that uh, China has made great progress uh, when it comes uh, to um, developing uh, um, renewables, uh, wind uh, and solar energy. Uh, but still, China is also exporting um, uh, uh, coal um, uh, um, plantations. Um, and and uh, I think there... Uh, that we need uh, we need a, um, a consistent approach also of uh, China uh, towards climate change. You've got some five thousand plus German companies operating in in China. Uh, it's a crucial market for BMW, uh, Volkswagen, and Mercedes. Trade volume is about almost three hundred billion euros. So I would think that um, you know if you ruffle feathers by 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 discussing human rights issues, civil and political differences between Beijing and Berlin, uh, it's it's going to shape conversations differently. How, how do you see this going forward? How do you balance it out? Yeah, well, uh, of course, there is a discussion about how to uh, balance it out also in Germany. Uh, but um, we, we, cannot, um, uh, we cannot just think of business. Uh, we have also um, had business in Russia and, and see where it has led us. It mm -hmm. has led us in a dependency. And uh, so we have a discussion how to decrease our uh, dependency on the Chinese market. Uh, we um, uh, are not in favor of decoupling. Uh, and saying that we, we have to decouple from China. We do not want that. Uh, but what we are discussing is uh, a de-risking. Uh, that is to say, we advise also as a government, our companies, uh, not to uh, put all their eggs in one basket, China, uh, but to diversify. This, by the way, is also um, a chance um, for other countries. Um, diversification uh, means also regional diversification. Find new markets, find new uh, investment destinations destinations. Uh, and that's where Malaysia actually comes in. In your China strategy also, there's something interesting here. Uh, it assumes that there might be some softening in stance because of increased beneficial trade relations with China. Is that still realistic with, uh, with the kind of um, messaging that's been coming out from Beijing? Uh, well, uh, our, uh, we, we stretch out uh, our hand uh, to China, mm -hmm. but at the same time, uh, we also say very clearly we need a level playing field. Our uh, companies need uh, to, to meet um, uh, the same uh, and find the same conditions in, uh, in China as uh, we offer conditions for Chinese um, companies uh, in Germany and in, in, in Europe. It must be uh, on an equal basis. And I think that is something which uh, China still has to work for. I, I also uh, can't let you go without uh, discussing, you know, the, the strategy's approach towards relation, expanding relations with with Taiwan. Um, how do you see this playing out? 
Well, uh, I think that uh, China always insists on the one China policy, Correct. and and we are pursuing that policy. But at the same time, um, uh, we we ask uh, China uh, to refrain from any use of uh, force uh, against uh, Taiwan and uh, to preserve uh, the status quo. And uh, China is increasingly threatening this uh, status quo. It's in threatening Taiwan with its ships, uh, with uh, uh, with its uh, airplanes, transgressing uh, borders, and uh, we. Um, uh, we criticize that, of course. Sorry, you said you were you were in support of China's uh, one China policy. You are you don't support uh, an independent Taiwan. Is that what you're saying? Yes, we we have always said that we um, uh, we pursue um, uh, uh, um, one China uh, uh, policy, uh, but uh, we also acknowledge the status quo, um, uh, which uh, which is um, uh, uh, Taiwan um, now um, pursuing its own democratic way um, uh, as as before. Um, zooming into Malaysia now, uh, economic ties between both our countries have been strong for, for many years. Testament to this is the Malaysian-German Chamber of Commerce and Industry. This is the largest such chamber of any EU member state. Bilateral trade is worth some 19 billion euros. Some 700 German companies operate here. We are talking about Siemens, uh, BASF and Deutsche Bank. Um, can you give us a sense of what German corporates see as attractive in Malaysia and, and that they might want to invest more here than uh, in our ASEAN? neighbors which are you know we are just fighting for the same pie right yeah well uh, malaysia is um, considered to be an excellent invest uh, investment destination it has a great infrastructure uh, with ports and airports and um, and roads and uh, also a railway um, uh, it has now um, a good uh, digital infrastructure 5g is uh, coming um, uh, then um, it has uh, a uh, skilled uh, labor force with with uh, uh, some restrictions to this, but um, uh, still it is. It, it's an in English-speaking population, which is also uh, important for uh, for our companies. And it has a well-functioning uh, legal system. Mm -hmm. uh, so there are a lot, a lot uh, of benefits. There are some obstacles too. I have to admit, if you if you look at, for instance, um, market en um, entry barriers such as uh, the uh, AP uh, system, um, the approved permits that that you need a company here to uh, to export to Malaysia. That is, a, uh, we also are ch uh, have the challenge of um, uh, our companies uh, need um, green energy to produce uh, for their carbon footprint. That's also what their mother houses demand uh, from them. And uh, still in Malaysia, we do not have enough um, supply uh, for that uh, green yeah. energy. Uh, we have. Um, uh, a workforce which or we have young people who come into uh, new jobs which are not um, not uh, sufficiently skilled we need uh, a better tvet uh, i think in For this sure. country so so there are also, also some challenges i think these challenges are also acknowledged by the malaysian government uh, itself but overall uh, uh, German companies consider uh, Malaysia to be a very good uh, investment uh, des uh, destination. Where, where is the EU uh, FTA with Malaysia um, at now? I know that the partnership and cooperation agreement was signed in December last year, but prior to that, the last we heard about it was in 2012. <laughs> yes, that's uh, that's correct. Uh, but right now, we are in a stock-taking uh, process, which will last uh, until, I, I guess, the end of the year. 
and uh, then a decision will be taken um, whether the negotiations on an FTA uh, um, uh, will be resumed. And uh, I can uh, only advise um, that uh, this uh, should happen. Uh, it is of um, great importance to our companies. Uh, I think it is also of great importance for Malaysia because uh, the, the EU has already FTAs with uh, Vietnam and Singapore. Uh, others are in the making, like with uh, Taiwan and, and the Philippines. We are the same process. Philippines is already more advanced. Indonesia, it's also coming. Uh, so uh, this is the, the tendency. And I think it will be a win-win uh, situation uh, if, uh, if we finally resume these negotiations and bring them to a good end. Is the stumbling block still the European Union's deforestation regulation that curbs our problem? No, no, not at all. I think this is uh, totally exaggerated with this uh, deforestation regulation. It has uh, almost no impact on Malaysia because it has a cutoff date. Uh, only those areas which will be deforestated after uh, the 31st of uh, December 2020 uh, are affected by this regulation. And since Malaysia has committed itself um, to preserving its forest, at least for uh, 50%, um, it's, it's not affected. All the plantations uh, which you have now are not affected. There might be some, some bureaucratic uh, efforts uh, um, needed uh, because uh, you also have to, um, uh, to give proof of your supply chain, but there are uh, technical possibilities to do that. And we have also installed now um, a task force between our countries, between the EU and, and uh, Malaysia and also, I think also Indonesia, uh, to tackle these problems. So I think the, we are in a good way. We have time until the end of next year, until this um, uh, um, regulation will enter into force. Uh, so I think uh, this, this uh, actually is a, a totally exaggerated problem. Uh, it's not, not existing for Malaysia. Euer Excellenz, vielen Dank. <laughs> On the breakfast grill this morning was Germany's ambassador to Malaysia, Dr. Peter Blomeyer. I'm Keith Kam for BFM 89.9, The Business Station. The BFM Breakfast Grill, brought to you by U-Mobile. 5G makes business sense. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.